Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, our episode is brought to you by Min Pro Elite Training in Owen Sound. And today, I am so excited to have on a 39-year-old from Owen Sound, Ontario, an ECHL First Team All-Star, an ECHL Champion, an AHL All-Star, he had a 49-goal year in the East Coast, which is pretty tough to not get that last one. He's had multiple 30-plus goal seasons in the AHL. He has won the Fred T. Hunt Trophy in the AHL, which we may need to confirm if that is the Lady Bing. And he's played 40 NHL games between Pittsburgh, Penguins and the Edmonton Oilers, and he's a hometown hero and staple of the Owen Sound Platers and Grays. Welcome to the podcast, Chris Bernard. How are you? Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. Um, we don't really know each other. I have, I've heard of you, and then you joined the Sogging Shore Winterhawks when I was a Ripley Wolf. So then I heard about you again. But um, the other, the way you've came up in the podcast was actually Mr. Justin Miser. What a man. He is quite the guy. And we'd actually, you know what, now that we have sponsors on the podcast, we do need to give Woody's Pub um, out of Edina, Minnesota, a shout out um, for getting this all started because he was, that bar in his basement was the first sponsor of the podcast and let me tell you, we're really running with it now, Harry. So thank you, Justin <laughs> Miser. <laughs> so you had some fun with him too? Yeah, I had uh, quite a season with that guy. He's, uh, he's quite the dude, let's just say that. <laughs> I would agree. And you guys won it, but we'll get into that later. Um, random one here as well. Actually, no, we're not getting to that either yet. I heard a random one, and I guess it was from Barrett Eggett's. Um oh yeah, he said that your family did some billeting, and is it true that Dan Snyder lived at your house? Yeah, um, so when I was six to seven years old, we moved uh, from kind of a, a downtown neighborhood, and we moved into a subdivision um, up by a cemetery, Greenwood Cemetery, up on the west side of town, and uh, yeah, next thing I know, we had we had billets in there. Uh, and we were the billet family and we had guys living there since I was six, seven years old. And up until I was, uh, well, I was playing pro for many, many years. And my parents were still doing it. So is that right? Dan Snyder, uh, Dan Snyder, Sean Avery, Jamie store, um, Ray Edwards, Ray Edwards was our first guy. Um, he went on to be my, my, uh, 
first two, or he coached me my first two years of, of pro hockey. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Kept a relationship for a long time. And, Through the um, building. He lived with yeah. your parents and then became your coach and pro. That's right. So I, I remember sitting on the couch with him when I was six, seven years old, and we'd be play fighting. He was a big, tough guy in the OHL, and we'd be play fighting, and I'd be punching him. I, I remember my mom and dad yelling, don't you hit him that hard. <laughs> and him just being like, that's not hard, don't worry. <laughs> you know, he was one tough son of a gun. Oh, man, that's uh, that's interesting that they had the love he's, for it, but they might love having the, hockey uh, guys around. He, he, he is actually the assistant coach in Calgary right now. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So he's been out there for a few years. So yeah. so where did his playing career, what was the name? Ray Edwards. So he, he was in Owen Sound and then his overage season, he got, he got shipped off to Belleville, I believe. And then from there played uh, six, eight years, maybe in the East Coast League, maybe not even that much. And then he went on, he started coaching like right away out of playing. He was player coach and then just kept going. Yeah, some of those guys that yeah. get right into the player coach thing can jump on and get into it. And then there's also the guys of the East Coast that there are guys that maybe aren't that talented, but they yeah. have the brain for the game, right? They like see they the understand game differently, it. right? They just understand the game. They see it the, a different way. And yeah, sometimes having bit, all the really. talent may, makes you not as good of a coach, right? But Some of those uh, guys don't like the game as much as, you know, the grinders and the, the guys that aren't as talented, right? Like, it's very true. Absolutely. Um, so I guess, uh, did you also, cause did you also have the MacArthur boys li- live oh, with boy. you? Did you oh, they yeah, live Joey. with you? you know, Joey. Joey lived there for two years. Yeah. Our junior B season. And then, uh, the year I went on to play in the OHL, my first year, uh, he came back and he was living down in the basement there for a couple of years. Yeah. He was, uh, quite the human being. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, just curious. Um, what type of player was he then? What role would oh, he big play? Joe, he was a good stay-at-home defenseman. He liked to throw the body around. For, for a little guy, he liked to throw the body around a little bit. Yeah, I can um, see that. Yeah. Loved to crush beers and loved to tell jokes. And, and uh, him and his brother, if you got his brother around, it was even, it was even worse. Well, yeah. um, so, okay. Moving on to uh, where and what are you doing now? Um, because our sponsor today is Min Pro Elite Training. Because um, the lucky boys of the Concordia area, Bruce County, are going to be lucky enough to have a Zoom call. And you've been kind enough to train the little fellas uh, this <laughs> weekend. And I know they're all looking forward to it. And um, I'm curious to see your training techniques because I'm trying to teach some kids nowadays. So um, give us a rundown of our sponsor today, Min Pro Elite Training. So I retired from hockey and I was, uh, I honestly, I was, um, working at a sports store here in town with the intentions of taking it over. Um, short, long story. I realized it wasn't for me about six, eight months into it. It was kind of realized retail. It just wasn't for me. Um, so I got out of there and what I really had a passion for was obviously hockey, loved hockey, uh, loved, uh, working with kids, loved coaching. Um, so decided to do some on ice uh, summer camps and some skills and so some group stuff and uh, another passion has been since I was like 30 I really started enjoying working out I don't know what took so long <laughs> um, but uh, once I turned 30 I really enjoyed the working out and um, so I got uh, my personal training certificate um, worked at a local gym for a couple years uh, COVID came started training out of a 
out of the garage. Um, funny story is not my garage, it was my next door neighbor's garage. Worked out perfect. She was a CrossFit uh, guru and she likes the CrossFit stuff. So um, she just offered all, throw my equipment in there, throw all your equipment in here. We'll run a little gym. So her and her friend had a certain time slot that I wasn't allowed to train in. And I would train my clients out of her garage. It worked out pretty good. Anyways, uh, October came and I was like, I, September, October, it was starting to get cold out. So it was, uh, we got to find something here. Like, I'm not going to go back to the local gym. Um, so we opened up, uh, found a location, opened up a little training facility. Um, obviously love athletes. That's my goal is to train athletes, but um, got all kind of fitness levels in there. We got moms, we got dads, we got, uh, we got tons of kids that come in and out of there. Uh, each week and um, it's been great I love it um, where the name came from of Min Pro it was just I, I didn't want to use my written like my name into it but I wanted uh, something to do recognize me um, that were local around here and kind of came up with Min Pro I'll be training one day with my kids and my wife sitting around the table and away we go yeah no well congratulations for getting her going man it's like when I named this podcast, it was just actually a neighbor. I told him <laughs> what, what the vision was, and yeah. he, he texted me this name about, uh, about two hours later when I was going to bed, and then I send her off to Lee in Cardiff that makes all the posters, and he made the logo, <laughs> and next thing you know, we're doing podcasts. <laughs> That's great. You keep in touch with people over there. That's awesome. Yeah, no, they're fantastic fans that, um, yeah, they just, I don't know, they treated you so good yeah. that you became really yeah. good friends and you could actually speak english with them and i know you were in germany um so there's a question for you can do sprechen ein bisschen deutsch nein bitte no is that right but do do we vote in in deutschland for fünf jahre oder uh fünf, yeah yeah so you're uh, just never caught on just everything was in english um, my wife took a course our first year over there and it just, uh, yeah, we like, we could go to the grocery store and get by with a couple words, but most people where we were, the cities we were in, most people could, could speak English and, uh, they were pretty good about it. And if we tried to speak German, they would speak English back to us because they already knew. Oh yeah, so. no, I know. I, I was, was there, I was there, I was there for six years, but I was in a second league where, yeah, yeah. No, it just came up in the Bobby Raymond episode that he couldn't really speak German and he was there for like seven years. Yeah. And I was like, really, yeah, guys, for a while. I just I had really good friends. And there was there was a night after I was there for four years where uh, where my buddy Hammer just said to me, like, I, I tried to speak English with him. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't try. I wouldn't speak. And he yeah. said, come on, Waldo, like, come on. You've been here four years. And he said it all in German and I'd had a few drinks. And then I guess that push, I decided to try the rest of the night. And apparently I could in fact do it. I just needed the, um, ayas as they would call them in yeah, yeah, Germany, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, anyways, moving on, um, rundown of minor hockey to the Owen sound platers. Cause which is be your hometown. Yeah, so yeah, played Owen Sound from uh, well, whenever we could skate until uh, Major Pee Wee. Uh, just played local rep hockey and um, it was great. We had a great team, great group of guys. Uh, whack of us went on to play Junior C, Junior B, Junior A. 
two or three guys went on to play university hockey uh, in Ontario. Um, yeah, um, major minor Bantam came and AAA, the Grey Bruce Highlanders became uh, an organization. So um, there was, geez, there was a bunch of us, five, six, seven of us that all, well, let's go try AAA. And we did, and a bunch of us made it. I uh, played two years at AAA, which was uh, what age was that? That was a major band, minor bantam, so 14. And Owen Sound would have been at least a single A or double A team. Yeah, before Owen that, Sound right? was single A. Yep, single A hockey, but we were playing in the Georgian Bay Loop. Like every year, that's what we played with Georgian Bay Loop. So, I mean, you're going to King, uh, you go to Collingwood, you go to Meaford, Wasaga Beach, uh, Penetang, Midland, like real small centers, right? And um, not the greatest hockey at all, but um, just grew in love with it. I uh, went and played AAA for two years. And you'd have um, all those guys living with you that love hockey too, right? That's got to well, rub off on you a bit. I think that that's what really pushed me was, you know, I grew up watching the, I go to the attack or the, I guess the platers back then you go to the platers games since I was six, seven years old. And, and you'd know the guys, you knew, you knew, you, yeah, you knew half the team and you'd you'd stand at the tunnel where they come out and you're tapping their high, you're high fiving them as they come out and they're giving you sticks. If they got a broken stick or something and they're handing it to you and they're flipping pucks up to you and warm up and, um, just grew in love with that and you know, the way they lived and the lifestyle they had. Um, yeah. So wow. played, um, yeah. And then you did it. I tried out for AAA and I didn't think I was going to make it at all. I really didn't think I would. And then I remember my dad asked me one night, he called from work and said, uh, if they ask you to, to sign with the team, like, what are you going to say? And I was, well, yeah, I want to do it. And he's like, well, I don't know if we can afford it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'd like to play and all right, let me talk to your mom. <laughs> you know, and it was funny enough that night they asked me to sign him. He must know something, right? And looking back at the way things work, he already knew and and I didn't, right? But um, so the first year wasn't great. I didn't have that great of a season. I uh, wasn't that um, important on the team, say, and uh, we'd have call up guys come from like Durham and Garden. Because a lot of the a lot of the guys hadn't a lot of the good players in the area hadn't gone yet because it was the first year of existence and they didn't really see a point in going to play AAA until it was really up and running, running well. And uh, the second year went back and it was awesome. Loved it. And we lost a couple of guys. We gained a few guys. We had a great team, great season, did really well. And then, um, the next year was able to play junior B. Um, tried out for the, uh, for the Platers that year, actually. I got an invite to, to try out with them as a walk-on as an underage, um, did okay. I probably was a little bit out of place, but I wasn't at that level yet. Went and played junior B for a year, had a real good season, real good coaches that, you know, pushed me and kind of kept my love for the game and trying to get better every day. Whenever you're on the ice back, then you practice twice a week. You had two practices after school. Um, so when you say you did the walk on tryout with the platers as a, yeah. like an underage, does that mean you're giving up your scholarship chances or no? No, because I didn't play any exhibition games. Back then, if you played an exhibition game, you're right. That's I, over. I think your scholarship, that's when it that's when it, it was gone. Um, but I didn't play any exhibition games, just just training camp and a few inter squad games and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was kind of an eye opener for me. I wasn't at that level yet. So um, but it was good, it was fun, it was a great experience. Um, next year I played junior B, it was 
awesome. I think I won rookie of the year, the whole league that year. Totally didn't expect it. Wasn't, didn't think anything of it. And next thing you know, we're, we're coming home from, from the uh, junior B ceremonies or whatever they had all the teams, all the teams went, all the players went and you sat around and they did all the awards and championships and all that kind of stuff. And was able to win rookie of the year somehow. And, um, you know, on the way home, we're looking at uh, the little draft ratings. There's a little magazine came out and had draft ratings. And I was rated like number three or four overall. I think it was the blue line or something like this. It was a little magazine. To the OHL. Like, to the OHL draft. And I'm just like, there's no way. Like, this is a joke, right? And the coach calls me and calls me up to the front of the button. And he's like, look at this. Have you seen this? And I was, uh, yeah, I guess. Like, totally blew my mind away, right? So how high drafted. did you go? I went ninth. I was rated like by OHL Central Scouting in the 13, 15 range, something like that. But but then you went to your hometown. So being from Owen Sound, I think Owen Sound was kind of obligated to, you know, take a local guy that high and um, first round. And yeah, it was awesome. I, was, I mean, it, is it the place where I wanted to be? No, I, I watched guys grow up, you know, in my house that were moving away from home and, um, away when they were 16, 17 years old. I mean, it was kind of what I wanted to do. Um, kind of wanted to experience that. And, um, but anyways, you're playing in the OHL, so you're happy and mixed emotions. You know, you get to stay at home with your friends and, and you, that's what made it kind of hard playing here was you got friends, you got teammates and you're trying to juggle both and, um, it's easier to in? just be a hockey player and move that's, away, right? That, I, right. I, I stayed at home till I went to Western Michigan as, uh, I guess I was 17 turning 18, but like yeah. I, I was through high school as living at home. And it's, it, it isn't easy if you want to really be a hockey player to yeah. be around both, right? Yeah. And then you're living at home and you got four or five teammates living with you. <laughs> like the, my first year in the OHL, we had five guys living there. So How there was many myself. bedrooms did your parents have? Well, that's the thing was we only had we had three uh, three bedrooms. We had one in the basement, and then what they did for Joey MacArthur and another guy was they just put two single beds down in the rec room. Sounds the like uh... put a curtain around them. They put a curtain between them, so they kind of had their own privacy. And it was looking back at it, it was kind of weird, but you know what? We loved it. Um, all five of us got along real well, and uh, it was a lot of fun, man. We had Joe MacArthur driving a half-ton truck with a with a flatbed on it, <laughs> <laughs> and he knew he just knew who he was, and he just giggled. But um, great, it was awesome. It was fun. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds fun. But you, okay, uh, actually, while well, I have you on this pod, because. When people ask me if I know you, or then I mentioned to a couple people you were coming on, the first thing they say to me is, oh, the Kugel incident, right? Which, oh, yeah. Um, fun fact for the pod is my name in Germany in Biedingheim was Kugelblitz. So, oh, it, um, do you know what Kugel is in German? I don't. No, it's round and blitz is lightning. So my name was a round lightning. <laughs> that is what they called me. So that guy's name was round, just so you know. Um, but anyways, um, do you, can we just discuss that? Because I did watch it on YouTube. My research team watched it. And I had a good chuckle about how different hockey used to be because that is how we grew up. That's how hockey was. It was a complete... That's 
it was a, there were times where hockey was a complete sideshow and it like had yeah. nothing to do with being a talented hockey player. Yeah, it was, uh, honestly, God, like you watch the games now and you watch guys cut into the middle and stick handling, and you're like, that wasn't happening back then. Like Never, you wouldn't have a head ever. on your shoulders. You wouldn't have a head in your shoulder. You get to the red line, you're dumping it in so you can try and run somebody as fast as you can. Like you weren't making plays at the blue line. You weren't turning back up at the hash marks. You weren't doing any of that kind of stuff. Um, and then you never knew when someone was going to flip a lid and just grab you and knock the snot out of you. But um, that story, yeah. Uh, I'm in the corner wrestling around with some guy. I see some guy, some guy going nuts out in the middle, and he's pointing at me, and he's skating towards and me. It was just an instinct. Well, yeah. When, well, and they, like, if he would have grabbed you, like, no, and I would have, I would have done the same thing. And like those guys back then, that like, if they grabbed a hold of you, you could yeah. not do anything about it. Yeah, they were freaks. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just it, in, instant reaction of just get the fuck out of here. And, oh yeah. Uh, away I went. And, um, yeah, took a lot of flack for it. Did Obviously, you? throughout the oh, throughout the years, every I think even in oh pro yeah, hockey, back back when of, everybody was chirping, right? Yeah. Uh, Chirping and chirping, chirping, but I fought. Now my everybody's next shift. buddies, right? Now nobody even chirps. <laughs> yeah, I fought my next shift. Uh, went out there and lined up, and there was this guy. He was just giving it to me about how big of a pussy I was, and this and that. And uh, all right, well, when this puck drops, I'm going to jump you. And I ended up knocking his visor off his off his helmet. Anyway, like I'm not a tough guy. I wasn't big. I wasn't strong. And, no, and um, you shouldn't have to fight that guy, and he shouldn't be coming at you. He shouldn't be pointing at you well, and coming at you. He shouldn't have been playing in the league, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, exactly. But good for him, for, for them, for finding a guy like that to, to play that role. But I guess. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, no, I don't think you're a pussy for doing that. I would have been <laughs> gone way before that. Uh, well, I think if, you, I, if you watch the video again, you can see one or two other guys skate in the other direction, too. Oh, yeah, nobody was I going was near just, him. Everybody, yeah. you, you, you were just in the corner you were cornered and you were like i got it this is my chance i have to get out now fast as i've skated in my life i'm pretty but. sure i uh, youtube uh something about the name and then the other thing that came up was like him knocking out butterbead so you know <laughs> i'm pretty sure you didn't want to stay in the corner That's just right. saying i agree with your decision but um so we talked about being at home and having your friends and all that around but you did because my research team was looking at this five minutes before puck drop is you did get traded away from your hometown. How did that feel? I, yeah, you know, I, I, I knew for hockey wise, it was the best thing for me. Um, yeah, it was good. It was just different. I had never been away from home. So like when it actually happened, it was just kind of like, poof. Uh, I, we were on a road trip on the Eastern swing in, uh, Kingston, Ottawa, Belleville. And I know we were in Kingston. We had uh night before a game. I think it was a Saturday night. Um, my agent called and said, would you go to St. Mike's if they traded for you? And I'm like, yes. Right away. Cause I wasn't doing very well. Coach and I weren't the closest <laughs> as yeah. a player coach. And, um, you know, when it, you're not uh, in it with the guy. Yeah. Just up and down the lineup all the time. And just wasn't, maybe I wasn't consistent looking back or maybe he didn't like the way I played whatever doesn't doesn't really matter anyways um ended up getting food poisoning that night we went to east side Merrill's to eat uh went back to my room and i was puking all night puking all night um next game we played in ottawa 
just laid on the bus. I couldn't even get off the bus. I was just so sick. Right. So uh, we get back, we get back to Owen Sound the Monday, uh, roll in for practice. And they're just like coaches, like, I can't do it. And they're like, ah, come on in and sit down anyways. We got something to tell you. Just didn't even cross my mind. Like, wasn't even thinking about it. And they're like, yeah, you can trade the same Mike. So I'm like, Oh, that's why my agent asked if I want to trade <laughs> if I would go. Just didn't clue in. Just for like when your right? old man was like, Do you want to play triple yeah. <laughs> right? Just back then he just didn't it doesn't really clue in it. until you get yeah. older and you realize what's really going on. That's right. Yeah. So that happened and uh yeah. So then you go to the city. To... You're in the city then, eh? That in completely different worlds. You go from Owen Sound to Toronto and you're seven. I was drafted uh, by Brampton. I was drafted by Brampton. That was my option of going from Elmira to Brampton. And I was like, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we went to the city. And, uh, just didn't fit in with me. The city wasn't for me. Actually, did we played out of Maple Leaf Gardens that year, and it was awesome. Loved every game. It was amazing. Um it was a different life there. Like the height, the um, St. Mike's buzzers, the junior A team always got to practice after school. So they had the three o'clock practice and we'd have to wait till four thirty, five o'clock to get on the ice. So, I mean, I was already done high school. So, so you just waited no, around all day. You waited around all day, all day. Just and for practice. Just for a practice. Uh, I mean, every practice, it's important, right? But when you wait around all day and you're sitting there doing nothing and just trying to keep yourself occupied, just it was it wasn't the greatest lifestyle and um yeah. Sounds yeah. sounds sounds like Hellbron, Germany of the second league in uh, <laughs> Germany when uh, you have so um you have a handful of young guys that go to like high school or something. So yep. the team decides to practice at four forty five at night. Yep. So then you hang out with your family, but realistically, instead of getting practice over and being able to travel and see places and go for lunch and dinners yep. and see the sights and do the things, instead you wait around for practice. <laughs> practice. That's right. Yeah, I love. Yeah. I always loved practice. It was one of my favorite parts of hockey. But yeah, um, but as you retire, you miss those. You miss I do. I miss. I that, actually. I miss all every. I miss before practice. I miss after practice. I miss. Um, yep. I don't miss the bag skates, but I miss just all of it. Like a guy going and like, you know, falling and crashing the boards yep. or stepping on a puck and the boys all yep. give it to him. Right. When I went back to, when I came home and I went to play with the Sogging Shores Winterhawks there, we, uh, it was part of like guys, we get 10 guys to practice. And it was like, well, like, why do guys not want to come to practice? This is the best part of the week right here. So we get one practice. We get to come and hang out with the guys and, I know. Sweat on and work yeah. on some stuff and that was the one thing that kind of drove me off about playing there it was just nobody nobody Care, came to practices and, and yeah yeah it was you know i'd be showing i'd be driving 35 minutes to go to practice at 9 30 at night and you're like why am i doing this i got three kids at home and you yeah, know, no, going to work the, the next day. The Wolves, it wasn't the same as that. There were everybody was at practice. Everybody wanted to win, and guys yeah. were into it. And it yeah. was, it was that, but that it wasn't like that when I first got to that team. It was like that at near the end. They were, they were into it, and they thought they were getting there, and they were working towards it, which was, it was actually pretty cool to see. But 
Um, let's get away from senior A here. Let's get into uh, – so I did look, okay, at your goal-scoring prowess because that's kind of what you're known for when you look through your career. But as a uh, scout here um, with my research team, is it didn't really get going until your last year in the OHL – um, and then um, you eased into pro and then you really took off. So what was it about getting out of St. Mike's and wherever else you went that got you scoring goals? So on the same day, two years in a row, I got traded. So from, uh, I believe it was year 2000, January 9th of 2000, I got traded from um, Owen Sound to St. Mike's. January 9th, 2001, I got traded from St. Mike's to Oshawa. Best thing that's ever happened in my in my hockey career was I got dra- I got traded there. I, you know, I wasn't happy about it. I had no trade clause, so I had to say yes or no to it, and I agreed to it um, just because I felt like St. Mike's didn't want me anymore. And if I said no, it'd be like, oh shit, are they just gonna sit me every game anyway? So I was like, sure. If a I'll team go. wants you to uh, to get traded, then you 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 get traded you if know, you want to keep right? playing hockey. Yeah. yeah. Who if you don't if people don't want you, then you don't want to be there. In my opinion, that's, and, it. and that's anywhere in the world. That's anything in life. Yep. If if people don't want you there, then it's she's time to move on. Yep. Well, here's the thing: is I got traded for a goal scorer. Like they they literally sat me down and said, "We're trading you because we need a goal scorer." And Lindsey Plunkett and I went, "Okay." That's fine. Back then, I, I wasn't having a great season. Um, anyway, get traded to Oshawa. The first coach had the utmost respect for me and the way I played, and I had all the responsibilities in the world on that team. And like within two weeks, I was an assistant captain, and like he was just leaning on me for leadership. And, and um, I was a top guy. And, I, and then you got the, the first... confidence, and you you start feeling exactly. it, and you get out there, and you're feeling the puck, and then you score you score a couple. As soon all you got to do is really score one, right, on a new team, and then you, you score start, one. The juices are flowing, right? That's right. And uh, did okay when I first got there. It was the next year when you got there, you felt comfortable. Uh, you knew the coach liked you, and he was putting you in a leadership role, and. Um, you're playing with great players, man. Man, my, my centerman that year when I was in Oshawa, my last year was Nathan Horton. It was either Nathan Horton or Jamie Johnson, who was still uh, one of my best friends um, after even after hockey. But like Nathan Horton or Jamie Johnson, both legit playmakers. And Nathan Horton was a 16 year old that dominated the OHL back then. Oh, I, like, I so yeah, nah, nah, if you listen to the pods, I'm from Elmira. Um, that's why I brought up Dan Snyder was. Um, was we won the Sutherland Cup against Nathan yeah. Horton when he was in Thorold, and he was yeah. like he was fifteen. That would be the year. 15, yeah, yeah, that would be the year before he went with you. And yeah, we we had to actually have Kyle Rank, um, like chase him around <laughs> the ice. Yeah. He chased him around the ice everywhere, like everywhere. Yeah. He ne- he never left the side for the whole series. We we didn't shadow him one game, and I think he had like five to seven points, and he was yeah. fifteen years old. He was unbelievable. He was so big and strong. He was like a man playing against little kids. It's really too bad that he had the injuries he had. Exactly. Eh? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Poor guy. But yeah. Hopefully he feels good yeah. now, right? Like that is the game. There's so many guys that are battered nowadays. Okay. We got to move on though. Cause I see you get out of the OHL. And um, so you started scoring goals and you had some options, um, but you end up with the Pensacola Ice Pilots, and 
why that is important to me is that is where I had signed um, the year I decided to actually go to Germany. I was on my way to Pensacola and I had seen where the apartments were. I saw you lived on the golf courses, <laughs> on the water. And I was like, you think I'm living in Daytona Beach, Ohio again? I am going to Pensacola um, and that's where I was going to go in the East Coast, but I never did end up making it there because I did a U-turn and hit the airport to Germany. So what was it like? What was my, what would have my year looked like? Because I think they went bankrupt that year and were never in the coast again the year I would have been there. <laughs> it was uh, definitely a, a different world. You weren't really, you didn't know what to expect. Um, so how I got there was uh, went to Ottawa Senators rookie camp. Went to, uh, didn't make it to the main camp, but they wanted me to go to Binghamton's uh, camp in the American League. So I went to the Binghamton Senators camp, spent uh, two weeks there, was close to kind of making the team. I was one of the last cuts out of there. Um, but the assistant coach in Pensacola was Ray Edwards. So Ray Edwards was, you know, my first... Uh, the billet. Or the billet at our family's house um, when I was six, seven years old. So... Um, kept in touch with him over the years. And I think my dad probably convinced him, Hey, can you give my son a try or can you get him to pro? And um, I ended up, he, he dragged me down or he didn't drag me down there. He offered me, Hey, like, why don't you come down here and give it a go? And yeah, hundred percent. Like I got nowhere else to go. I don't know what else I'm going to do. So after Binghamton camp, I went down there and yeah, what a lifestyle. The sun's shining. Uh, apartments were on the beach. You walk out your back door, you take some steps down, and you're on the Gulf of Mexico. You look out your bedroom window, and you got dolphins. Like, dolphins are swimming in the, in the Gulf of Mexico. And you, What a life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh, What do they call it? The panhandle? Yeah, it was the uh, – yeah, it was the panhandle. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's just, it just, yeah. <laughs> just the lifestyle down there. It actually did snow over Christmas for a couple of days, but it was gone and right back to the beach. And so we, we lived on an island. Uh, I think it was called Gulf Breeze. I'm pretty uh, sure that's where I was moving. Yeah. yeah. Was it on yeah. a golf course? Uh, we weren't on the golf course, no. Was there a golf course there? Yes, there was golf courses. We golfed quite a bit. Um, I remember the <laughs> Sounds one. Sounds nice, lunch... but Germany was fun. <laughs> Germany was good, but Pensacola was. <laughs> you walk out your back door first thing in the morning, have your morning coffee, which we didn't do when we were 21 years old. But you walk outside and you got, you know, you're uh, you're looking at the water. You're, just, you're in a different world, especially when you're from Owen Sound. Yeah. Beautiful Owen Sound. I, yeah. No. So, okay. Uh, we better keep going because you got a lot of stuff here. Is, um, so that coach there, Ray Edwards, right, was the name? Yep. Um, yep. So you said you had him your first two years of pro. So that means you go with him from the Ice Pilots, which I think I have it in my brain. I don't have it written down. But you had about 15 goals, I'd say, give or take. You know, not that much. You, What role are you playing? About third line, second line, maybe so, a little power yeah, play? We were called. We were called the clock killers. So we were third line guys, um, Chad Thoyer, myself, and uh, Trevor Ullman. And we were called the clock killers. We would play in the offensive zone the entire game. 
and we'd run guys and we'd hit guys and, and we'd never just take cycle, a the shot puck on and cycle the puck and cycle the puck. <laughs> and I don't know if we ever took a shot on that. <laughs> Couple wraparounds. That's it. Yeah. We weren't looking Bring to it from plays. behind the net out. Yeah. I understand. Not allowed yeah. to pass it from behind the goal line. I get it. Yeah. And then we traded uh, Chad Thoyer and I think uh, we had a Cloutier. Oh man, I can't think of his first name right now. Cloutier was playing the right wing. I'd be on left wing. And then we had Baldwin in the middle. And we would just cycle the puck, cycle the puck, and hit guys and cause havoc and just kill the clock. And the coach would always put us out there against the other team's top line. So we knew what our job was. Um, I don't think I scored a goal for 15, 20 games my first but, year pro. But that's the thing is you – that's actually kind of like how my rookie year went was like I played with Justin Miser, right? And like mm-hmm. we were – we shut down the other team's top lines, but like I was the guy that that wasn't natural for – Um, that they were helping me learn that part of the game and um, that stuff happens. But you go then, I guess where I was going is you go from Pensacola to wherever San Angelo, Angelo, Texas. So So is that the same coach then, right? Same coach. Okay. So what happened there was I um, being down in Pensacola, you're not getting, you're not getting much looks in the American hockey league. I'm young, 21, 22, and you got older guys in your ear telling you you got to get out of Pensacola. You got to go up to the Northern Division, and that's where guys are getting called up from. You got to get up there. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. It's not fun to live there. I knew that from stories from guys and and my brother also. Um, But it was – I I said I didn't want to go back to Pensacola, and he's like, well, we'll get you on a two-way with Springfield. So that kind of convinced me to go back. So I'd be on a two-way contract with Springfield and Pensacola. Then one day he called me and was like, the coach was uh, Todd Gordon. Awesome guy. I got along with him. Great. Um, but he, he called and was like, I, I'm wrong. I can't get you the two-way. Can't give it to you. Can't give it to you. Here's what I can give you in the, in Pensacola contract. And I just, you know what? I can't get a two-way. I'm not coming. So I pretty much asked for a trade and he said, I'm not trading you. So what happened was you Ray gotta, Edwards, if you go to the central league, you don't need to get traded. You don't you need just go. Yeah, you just go. And Ray Edwards got the coaching job in San Angelo and being close with him. And I called him one day and I just said, do you have any spots open? I'd love to come play with you for you. And he goes, Chris, this isn't Pensacola, Florida. <laughs> this is San Angelo, Texas. It's not the same type of city. And I don't, I just want to play hockey, Ray. And I want to play for someone that's, you know, that I could, that trust me and will have confidence in me. And I just want to play hockey and have some fun. And he goes, if you're up for that, that's fine. I'll bring you. And sure enough, he, he signed me the next day. Um, him and Gordon, I guess, got into it pretty good uh, through a couple of phone calls. Um, played there. I don't know what happened there. We had a good team. We had a great, great young team. We had a lot of fun off the ice, obviously. Uh, the bars and the pubs. And I think there was, it was college town. I think it was San Angelo State was there. Um, San so, Angelo State. So obviously a smaller school, but I'm like um, different pubs every night. They were rocking, right? So we were young. We were playing in the Central Hockey League. We were there. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. We had a great team, a lot of a lot of good players, and somehow I ended up scoring a bunch of goals and making the right. All Star game. And well, that's what that's just, what I got there is like so. Yeah. Your last year of the OHL was when you started finding your real scoring touch. And then you 
you grinded out that first year. Um, yep. Protecting the puck and working the cycle. Um, but then Topping you go, the puck but, in half. <laughs> <laughs> but then you go to the Central League. Well, I would just say like showing everybody the ass, right? Like, you no, know, I didn't working do that. the boards. No, no. no? Okay. Chop it. Just chop at it. See where um, it goes. Okay. Well, then. Um, the, but then you go to San Angelo and you'd like, probably in your eyes, you're like, well, I'm going to the central league. I may as well like have fun and like, and like have some more confidence. Right. Like when I went to the second league of Germany, that's when I had confidence. I was like, well, I'm going to the second league of Germany. I didn't know anything about it. I was like, I just figured it wasn't good. And I, then you go there and you got a little swagger. So you probably go to the central league and you're like, yeah, let's have some fun. Let's do this. So I went there. I, I remember being out. Uh, my first lunch was with an older guy. He was in his thirties. His name was Chris, uh, Chris peach. And then uh, Trevor Weisgerber. So they, they take me out for lunch to this one place and they're, talking it up and they're like yeah we should have a really good team like uh talking about this guy should score 30 this guy should score 20 and they're talking about all the offense we're gonna have and then they looked at me and they're like well you're coming from the coast you had 15 in the coast you better score 25 here and i went well i don't know about that i was scored 15 last year like i don't know like, how good i'm gonna be and then you get on the ice with them and you get playing some games and you get building some confidence you're like yeah we'll be all right we can we can do okay here and um had some good line mates that year. Ryan Finnerty and Weisgerber were my line mates. And uh, Ryan Finnerty? Yeah, you remember that name? Uh, well, he was well, over. He, he's, he was well, he's just and, like, yeah, like I don't actually personally know him. I just know yeah. he's like a. He's a he's, legend over in that British league there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like he's a, he's been a coach. He, uh, yeah. he was in Cardiff. He was in, he was everywhere. And I just yeah. know who he is and I know the name. And I know he has a lot of respect over there. So if you have respect over in that league, I got respect for you because that means you're just a yeah. dandy in my eyes. He was he was a he was a good guy. He was a beauty, and he um, yeah, he was a real good player. A little rat, just a little rat, kind of a right-handed Sean Avery. Oh dear, you know, just a rat. Not that, not Sean Avery. Sean, and but just he lived the way with he you. Sean Avery lived with you. Yes, well, he did. So we never really even touched on that. I guess we may as well go back to then your childhood here <laughs> quick because I'm curious now that uh, that came back up. What yeah. was that like? Because uh, so, I, I like I don't know. Like I see him put. You know what? Stuff on his we were like we were like brothers. Like not brothers, but uh, we would fight every day. He you know he'd want to fight. He'd be chirping and he'd be acting the way the way Sean Avery would act. And and what uh, age is he? And what age are you? So he's an 80, I'm an 81. So it was a year difference. He was an underage on uh, Owen Sound with the, uh, with the Owen Sound players. And I think I was still in AAA. I don't think I was playing junior B yet. And uh, he'd just run his mouth, run his mouth until you get fed up with it. You grab him and then you start, next thing you know, you're throwing each other on the couch. You're kicking the shit out of each other. But that's just the way he was. Like he just wanted attention. Um, so the way he is now, not as much of an asshole, but like that's the way he was when he was younger too, right? But it was fun. He brought a lot of humor to the house. I tell you, like, there was a lot of laughter. The shit he would do and the shit, the <laughs> shit he would cause and people to get upset. And, yeah, uh, it's yeah. funny because people don't change. Like people are who they are. Like you just yeah. you grow, you adapt. But I don't really know how much you change because I've been talking to everybody, even from to my childhood on this podcast, and man. They all seem pretty similar 
<laughs> when I, from what I remember. Okay. Yeah. So where we were in uh, San Angelo and you were starting to bury goals and we're almost to my, one of my, one of the pods, favorite people, Justin Miser, Harry, yeah. um, we're almost there. So we got to get out of San Angelo and nothing crazy happened there. So let's, then you go from scoring. Well, Geez, every time you're one away from the big numbers, 39 goals in San Angelo. So you're one away from 40 to then going to the Alaska Aces and scoring 49, one away again. So um, how do you score 49 goals in the East Coast? And have people done that since then? I don't know if anyone's done that since. I know Wes Goldie was a former teammate of mine in Owen Sound Platers. Scored 46, I believe, when he was in Alaska a couple years after that. But I don't think he got to 49. I feel like there was a guy I played against in Denmark that had a really big one. Um, he was like a stand in front of the net, not a big skater guy. Ah, I forget his name. But anyways, so 49 goals in the East Coast and you play in Alaska. So well, just just give me, what's that all like? Alaska is beautiful. Loved it. Love every minute of it. Uh, we had un we spent parts of two seasons, I guess, one full season and parts of two seasons, the second season there. Won a championship the second season. You got mountains surrounding you on one side or on three sides. You got the ocean in one side, water. Just beautiful. I mean, but you're I, there in the winter, isn't it? Well, dark? So here's the thing is like, I've always talked it up like it's the best place in the world. My wife looks at me and goes, Chris. You were there for three, four days. You were gone for two weeks. You were there for a week. You were gone for a week. Like you were in and out so much. You had no clue what it was like there. So she was, she was there. Yeah, she was there with me. Uh, we were engaged the first year. We got married after that first year. And then uh, where, where's she from? She's from here. She's from Owensong. Owensong. So you guys were through it all. Like where did she, where did she jump on and like actually start coming with you places? So we met in kindergarten. Uh, same Here. kindergarten class. This is, this is locals week, folk, folks, yep. locals week. That's that's yep. This is as local so as it gets. We started dating in um, grade 12. When my first, when I first got drafted to the, to the platers, she took the summer and we took the summer and we were hanging out quite a bit. But anyways, we started dating by the end of that summer. Um, she came with me. San Angelo, Texas was the first year she came. So that was part of the, yeah. That was she your big break. That when that was your big break was when you finally hit the Central yeah. League. She's like, so she came with I, me. I finally got the big ticket. Let's hit St. Angelo together. <laughs> the the pregame meals were, that's what happened. She started cooking the pregame meals and we started scoring goals. Oh, okay. Right? So you weren't going for the carbonara boats at, uh, what was it? Uh, I think we're. CC's pizza or something. I don't know what it was there. Jeez, I remember uh, Harry there, uh, Justin Miser in Dayton was the one that taught me about Alfredo boats at uh, oh, Olive Garden. Olive Garden. Jeez, yeah. and then you dip the breadsticks in the Alfredo. Talk about those things. Well, seriously, and then you see what the hockey players are doing nowadays. And like our pregame meal was seeing how many breadsticks yep. we could bury with Alfredo. <laughs> <laughs> the game's changed. The game sure has changed. Yeah, they might they might they might be burying protein shakes. Well, folks, <laughs> we had breadsticks and Alfredo. And guess who was happier taking a pregame nap? I <laughs> bet you it was us. For sure. 100%. <laughs> okay. Uh 
So the first year is when you have your huge year, which is crazy that a guy in Alaska, which you're probably on a one-way East Coast deal, right? So you you could have been called up anywhere, but you're in Alaska. So they're like, well, he can score all the goals he wants up there. But these guys in Daytona Beach, Ohio, and Trenton and all those other places are easier to call up than the guy scoring 49 goals in Alaska, right? Well – that's the thing. I, I left San Angelo and I had a, I had a two-way offer again from uh, Milwaukee. And I just, just didn't like the situation. And Alaska was calling and the money wasn't anything different. It was probably less than the two-way contract. I just like living in Alaska. It just excited me. Like I just got excited. Is that and, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm going there. Like I loved it. Like this sounds awesome. Like I like this experience and Sounds um, like you had the right attitude going there because there'd be a lot of guys going there saying, I don't want to do this. And then their play is not yep. going to be as good. Right. Yeah. So I went there and I just came off. Uh, I had sold uh, shoulder surgery at the end of the season in San Angelo. So I was pretty much comatose all summer. I wasn't really doing like, I couldn't do much, just rehab. So I go to Alaska. Um, and, and like, you don't really realize it, but when you're, when you're on those East coast league, tr- um, contracts like you sign a contract you're not guaranteed anything nothing no you know you get to try out for the team (laughs) that's right i didn't realize that until we got there and we're like we're we move into our hotel or into our apartment and kind of sitting around we don't have a car you don't have much but you're looking at the roster and you're looking at the players and you're like all right i gotta pick it up the next few days here because i i'm not guaranteed anything here like there's some good players here so anyways make the team and then it, that was the lockout year so we had scott gomez come play for us so you're wondering how we got 49 goals and scott gomez oh, is centerman okay so there's a good reason and then uh, uh another can i, another can I, I got a question though i got yeah. a question mid pod here because we did this with bobby raymond which i've actually seen you play so i have an idea how you play um i was only one game the wolves against the the winter hawks but um, just from that brief moment when you were like really old and couldn't really move like me, like you used to be able to, but I could see what type of player you are. So when you're on the power play and you're playing with Scott Gomez, are you, are you the, like the middle of the slot guy? Yeah, exactly. Are you? Like, don't touch a puck. Just go to either stand and in front of it. Like when it goalie, gets to you, you're shooting you it. You shoot it. Yeah. That was the thing with him. Like, it was get open and he's going to get it to you. Get get open, be ready to shoot. But a funny story with him is I'm known for taking a slap shot between the red line and the blue line. So if I'm skating with the puck up the ice, I'm taking a slap shot on that. Right. So we're doing that a couple of times in Alaska. I think he got fed up with it. A couple I times. wouldn't be okay with that either. <laughs> so he looked at me, we got back to the bench and he goes, you stupid fuck. <laughs> you ever take a fucking shot like that again we're not playing together you want to score goals you give me the puck you go to the net and score goals from then on i don't think i took another shot like that until i went to germany and then you end up scoring a couple and then you're known for it so you just keep trying it (laughs) but he would he would just rip me on the bench for not giving him the puck in certain situations but you know what he made me like he made well, my well, not made my career, but I mean, right. He helped out so much in my career um, from from playing with him and teaching me how to play and where to be as a goal scorer and where to shoot and have my stick and which way my feet should be 
facing, you know, like. And uh, is he? And so, and and he's in the lockout in the East Coast. Is he? So he is. Is, is, is he like that engaged. in practice? But like, is he not? Is he not in practice? Is he like doing that in practice with you, or is it? Is it only in games? Like he's just getting frustrated with you. Like you are not where you're supposed to be. Well, in games, in games specifically, in practices, I think we were all too hungover back then that it didn't matter what we were doing. We were just there to sweat it out and do flow drills and kind of get it over with. Um, yeah, so games, games especially, he would be getting mad and frustrated. I, I remember asking him to uh, – he was telling me to do something on the power play, the shooting drill, and keep my feet in a certain situation, being able to shoot from that back foot, uh, and he'd be passing it kind of behind me and I'd have to take the one-timer from behind me on the power play. And he would pass me five or six, and you could see him getting frustrated, and then he gave me two more, and then he just skated away. And I'm like, well, where's he going? <laughs> like, and he just, he just got mad. He just left the ice. He's like, I'm not passing this stupid idiot the puck anymore. <laughs> anyway, it was – he made me such, a, such an elite But that same year, that yeah, level. you almost got 50. The same year that – right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is like he sat out the 50, like that last game of the season. We're in Vegas. Obviously, we finish in Vegas. And you know these Coast League stories when you go to Vegas, usually you're not staying in your hotel room. So we're partying in Vegas. You know, he's got the next day off and we got to go play. Hit the post with five minutes left for 50. You know, <sighs> ping it off the post. And it's just like, shit, you know, like. He's down there, and you look up in the stands, and he's up there with his arms in the air. He's like, what are you doing? You know, like, you got to score that. But he was awesome. He ended up getting me, um, uh, I guess, my, my next contract was with a two-way contract with Lowell, or with Albany. You know. Yeah, Albany and Alaska. So it's so still he, an he, East Coast AHL deal, though, and you're still, yeah. like, you're three – three years in or so now like yeah and he got, I, he got I turned me, uh, that down my second year to go to germany like i yeah. i didn't want to do a east coast ahl because i didn't want to just be tied in with one team yeah so that was my he got me a tryout with new jersey so i got to go to camp in new jersey and so, so okay like, okay hold on never we been gotta... to an nhl training camp so this okay. is my opportunity so i go there i take that no, so hold, I on, hold on hold on i gotta say something now this is this is my podcast and I have to say something now is you say he works with you after practice and he's doing all this shit during a lockout. And then there'd be times where he'd get frustrated and leave the ice. Um, but then he also is the guy that does that for you at the end of the season. So to me, it sounds like he saw something in you that yeah. he really liked you and that, that, he wanted to help you and that he saw something that he could, he could, he could help you. And you know what? There were so many guys during the lockouts that came over to the second league in Germany or the first league in Germany. And I was there and they were just on vacation and they didn't really care. And their teammates would get pissed off at him. Like, but the fans were so excited to have them, but they didn't even really care about the games and who was winning or losing. It sounds like that guy cared, but he didn't just care about the team. He cared about you. And uh, well, that's pretty cool. What he, what I, I think he was pushing you and those guys that are that good know what it takes. And I think he was yeah. showing you, right? I think I, he didn't just care about like us and the team. He cared about that whole city, the whole organization. Like he, he, he had like, he knew everybody was there to watch him. 
Um, you could tell, like, looking back, like, he'd be reading a book in the intermission. He would bring a book to every game and, like, intermissions, he'd be sitting there in a stall reading a book. And you're like, like is this what kind of book? Like a novel. Like, he'd just be reading a novel. And in the middle in, of the game. In the middle of a game. He would just come in and he'd just be, before the game, just reading a novel. Intermissions, reading a novel. And you're like, this can't be what they're doing in the NHL. And then, like, you you say, like, he, he's there to help me. And, like, he really did care about that city. He cared about what everybody thought of him. Why is he um, reading a book? Because, for me, hockey is about being I, I think not being it, being social and talking with everybody and making sure it we're was communicating. Just, I, and I think it was his that's way weird, of, dude. Just his way of just kind of relaxing and just kind of settling down a little bit. Or, you know, he gets quite worked up. <laughs> Trust me, if you don't make a certain play, he gets worked up. You know, he wants it on his tape, right? So, well, you know what? Is that there's the guys you play with that don't push you, that don't care, and that, right. like, when you, when you dump it into the corner and you kind of ease up and you kind of let that D man wheel the net or not get hit or whatever it is, I'll yeah. never forget when I went to Beatingheim with Justin Kelly, the goat who's also ran a zoom practice for the boys. Um, I went in and I tried to get the puck. Like I really thought I was trying um, on a four check on a power play. And then we got back to the bench and this is when I'm pretty fresh in Germany. And we got back to the bench and he said to me, he goes, do you want to stay in Germany a long time? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, then we're going to need to get that puck on the power play and we're going to need to start scoring on the power play, but that needs to be your puck. And I was like, okay, got it. (laughs) Got it. Uh, Next time. That is my puck. sir. That's my puck. (laughs) Yeah. And you need those guys. Right. And if, if, if those guys accept that, then it's accepted every time. Right. Yep. That's right. So there are special people in the game and I guess, uh, Gomez, Never would have guessed he was coming up today. He's not on the notes. So, um, too bad he couldn't play that last game to get you to 50, but hey. Yeah, it worked out. We had a good team. It was good. We had a good couple of good playoff runs there. No, that but yeah, so the second year you win it, and you're with uh, Mayday Miser. So uh, yeah. what kind of roles he played on the team? Is he the third-line checker guy, just uh, – Good in the bar, uh, good with the team. Just, just a great guy in general, really. But shockingly, shut, can shut shockingly, down anybody, right? Shockingly, the third line guy. That's perfect. And uh, the glue guy to our dressing room, one hundred percent. Story after story after story. Uh, beer after beer after beer, as you can imagine. And he, he, just a- he, yeah, that, I tell you, I think my professional career. I don't know if it it went it flourished or suffered based on how many beers he made me drink my rookie yeah. year. And just that crooked little smile he'd have. <laughs> Ugly teeth and just a, just a <laughs> smile on his face. And he just <laughs> hugs uh, you not adore that guy. Oh, uh, he's the best. Yeah. Harry, yeah. Okay, so you guys actually win it, though. Anything about the uh, – I heard um, – so you're playing with Scott Gomez the first year, but then the second year, okay – um, yeah. I know this because I talked to Harry Miser episode something having too many folks can't keep track anymore. Um, but Justin Miser best episode yet. Maybe, um, the second year in Alaska, when you're on the two way, 
you're on a 50 goal pace again, which you scored 49 the first year, but Gomez is back in the show. You're on another 50 goal pace without him. Uh, but then I hear, as the miser called him, sorry for burping the mic, folks. The Verge. The Verge. Um, I saw that guy play in the second league of Germany, the Danish league. Um, and that guy can run a power play. And as Gomez is a passer, so is the Verge. I have seen him play. I would have I would have loved to play with that guy someday, yep. but uh yeah, he's he's not that far off Gomez, is he? he he's such a fucking goofball. And uh when he first started the the coach is like, Who you want to play with? And I'm like, I wanna play with Philion. And he was my buddy at the time and I liked playing with him. I enjoyed it. He was a French guy, great guy, loved him. Um and then the coach is like, no, I, you got to play with this Levitt kid. I'm like, I'm not playing with that kid. He's a fucking idiot, you know? And this guy was an absolute, just a menace, just an unbelievable guy off the ice. But it took a couple months to kind of get used to him, get used to his personality, a milk bag body on him. And it was the first guy that I'd ever seen that could do that Crosby, you know, like the heel to heel. Oh, and just opening up the hips. Perfect. That, he, yeah, he would go he would around the, the net opener. on the power play, open up the hips, and yep. he would be able to see the whole ice. And, exactly. Oh, take the tape, snipe, like every time. Just a little have, baby sauce right in the wheelhouse. Yeah, Wasn't fast, couldn't skate, was was weak. Uh, Never took like, it the, to the net, always pulled <laughs> up. Every yep. single time he pulled up, you hear us, Verge. Yeah, you tell me you need some time to come in the pod, Verge. Well, guess what? You're getting called out for pulling up. <laughs> but, man, could he put a pass on your tape and just get open one time? And that's what that guy could do. And as a 20 or 21-year-old, whatever he was, it was pretty <laughs> pretty impressive to see at that, at that point in time. So. Yeah, he got to put, play with he, him put and... a, he put up a ton of points, and you uh, you were on a fifty goal pace. But this is about you, not the Verge. And um, you also get your first call ups to the AHL. So you know what? You got called up to the NHL at some point. So I'm not going to ask about your first AHL call up. But you played 37 games that year. So um, what role are you playing for 37 games? And like, do you get a chance at all? The American League, it was different. So. But that New Jersey system is just different. It, it's it's hard to explain, but, you know, the draft picks, they get the first run of it. Um, they're very, very loyal organization um, to their draft picks and to the way they, they promote players and the way they demo players. Um, so you're up and down the lineup. The lineup changed every single day. You had such talented players there. You'd have great chemistry one game you go out and get a, a goal and a couple assists or you get a point or something. You feel like things are clicking. And the next day you go back to the rink and you're not in the lineup, first of all, because you had so many guys or uh, lineups are all changed. And it was just different. Uh, the, the whole couple of years that I spent with that organization was, it was different. Um, but in Al like in Albany, like I was ready to go back to Alaska. I wasn't playing that much. They're, you're not used to okay, playing. Slow, slow down, lines, right? slow down, slow down. Uh -oh. Nope. We gotta talk uh -oh. about it. We gotta talk okay. about it. Okay. Because um I you know what, and I agree, is um, yeah. when I when I went to Syracuse for a very brief time where I was always on the fourth line with the fighter, I only saw what went on in the games, you know? Yep. Um I saw that like 
Joachim Lindstrom or whoever was on the top lines would score three points with one centerman the first game. And then the next night you go to a different town and they play with completely different people. And I'm like, how does that make sense? Why? I don't understand. Why, why don't they play with the guy they did good with the night before? But you said you were ready to go back to Alaska. Well, guess what folks? We're not going back to Alaska. We are not going there because he did score 32 goals, even if he didn't feel that much a part of it. 32 goals in the AHL, right? And you're all in a, what, a one-way – or a, so that you would have role. signed – That was the next year. Oh, that's the next year. Jeez, I'm yeah, a year ahead. That was the Jeepers next year. Creeps, so that, that Albany year, I, I think I scored seven maybe in my – I don't know how many games I played. 20 or 30 maybe? I skipped ahead a year. I thought you that's were scoring right. 32. So I, I was just kind of like, I seen Alaska going for it. Like, you know, like the playoff experience from the year before. And it was like, like I gotta, I want to go back there. So I actually asked to go back. I was like, can I just go back to, we weren't making playoffs in Albany. And I was like, can I go back and play playoffs? And they obliged. They let me go. That's why you want to play hockey is to try yeah. and win stuff. That's, That's the right. whole point. Yeah. The whole regular season is just to see who gets to actually play for fun. Like, yep. Like the regular season sucks. Like it's 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 almost as bad as practice. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, that's the like you said, it's the fun part, and everyone plays for keeps, right? It's it's just you get back there. Like I got back to Alaska, and it was like playoff hockey, and it was like this is awesome. Like this is we filled our arena every single game, and it was the loudest place I've ever been in in my life. And yeah, and we we had a close group of close group of guys and we knew we were something special. We just needed to prove it on the ice and we did. It was good. It was awesome. And we that's the year you win it. That's the year you win it with, with Harry. Um, yeah. Geez, that's exciting. So I, we, we won't get into any miser <laughs> stories from that nope, part of his life. No, no, <laughs> no, this is a PG. No, he's a, no, he was actually one of my favorite teammates I've ever had in my career. And it sounds like you had a great time with him too. So he is one of those great people that uh, changes lives, I guess. Um, he made Dayton, Ohio fun for me, which there was a, like, if I don't have that guy in my life, maybe it's not fun, yeah. but yeah. then that podcast where he makes his basement, um, the sponsor, and uh, his Woody's Pub, and now all of a sudden we have sponsors, folks, which is Min Pro Elite Training. Um, which uh, get your kids booked in, get them working out in the Owen Sound area. But we have another one. This is real. I could get compensated for this one. Stayinblue.ca. You want to go on a holiday in the Blue Mountain Collingwood area, folks? Go to www.stayinblue.ca and put in your promo code. Wally 20 for 20% off a three night minimum stay. And that means that uh, we got paid for drinking beers here tonight, folks. So you just got to go on vacation. You just got to put in Wally 20 and go to stayinblue.ca. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Just saying. Take it. You know? Anyways. Okay. So now we are, we want it any other good stories like so in alaska alaska i it just uh, alaska it's, well you get, you get the moose the moose would come up to your back balcony and just kind of 
kind of looking for apples or looking for food or something. They just hang out and you pull in your apartment complex and they're just laying there at the side of the road and just kind of chilling out. A full moose. Drive, driving down the middle of driving down in the winter night and there's a moose walking beside your car. And he's, so it's like the turkeys are out here. Yeah. It's very, very similar, right? Um, yeah, playoff time. We went uh, deep in the in playoffs both years, and it was uh, you leave, you win a series, you go to the bar, you party, whatever. You're coming out of the bar, and it's two a.m. and guys are going golfing. You know, it, it's a different world at that point in time. But it was it's fun. Guys, oh, it was no, awesome. Yeah. No, I, I think I think experiencing different things, right, than like what's yeah. normal and Alaska would be different. Okay. Um, so now we got to get into that actual 32 goal season with the uh, Devils. Um, so that was the HL team you got a, a sniff with the first time. And then yep. after almost a 50 goal campaign and winning the championship, do you get a one way HL deal? So I was on a one way HL deal. So I like, so in then you're mind, getting a chance. You're getting a chance. I, I was and getting you're a ready chance. To rock. I was there. Like in my mind, I was there. Like I'm making this team. Like without a question, they're keeping me. Little do you know, like you get the training camp and there's three thousand players, and you're just like, all right, maybe I don't. Like what's happening here? So I was actually my wife and I were in a hotel till Christmas. Your after wife Christmas. was with you through all that too. Yep. So we spent we 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 were in a hotel room, a residence in kind of like a little, small little apartment until after Christmas. And this is after like playing exhibition games and I'd score one to two goals, every exhibition game. Like I was like, I, I had confidence, right? I was, I was rolling thinking like I'm making this team, no big deal. And I saw I was a healthy scratch the first seven games of the season, not what any player wants to do. And you're watching your team get shit kicked by 12, six and eight, two. And, and you, like, they don't put you in. They I don't put you in. Because they're giving their draft picks opportunities, which I guess that's what you got to do. They got to learn, right? They got to learn. But it's just, it finally got an opportunity, ran with it. Uh, We were were a team that we had six lines on our team in Lowell. Okay. So we had six forward lines. So that's that's the the showers were stalls. Exactly. Yeah. So. Like, so it's a it's a great great team atmosphere, isn't it? Like you guys right? all feel like you're part of a team. Yeah. You really feel like you're all one, and you're really all in it together, right? So once I finally got playing, it was uh, you play a couple games, you'd sit one. Play a couple games, sit one, and it was just it got it was stupid. And today we got injuries, and we had and NHL this is with thirty two goals. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I played a total of. 65 games that year so i like you like i said you'd play two one sit one play two and then you'd have a bunch of injuries uh we had how many nhlers do we have on our team we had dan mcgillis grant marshall dan lacature scott lachance um john fay jimmy fahey mike motto uh Man, we had we had just handfuls of NHL hockey players on our team, and it was like we couldn't win a game. We were last place, miserable, miserable. Just the atmosphere of it. And, um, and why well, it's like it's the whole thing just is weird in the HL, and like when you're in an organization, right? Like exactly when you're when you're in North America and you're in an organization, like 
they only have certain people they can call up and they only have who they have. You can get put in to a shitty organization that needs a guy because they didn't make playoffs and five guys got hurt. And all of a sudden you go to the NHL, have a couple big, big games and you're there. You can say for the Leafs right now, why don't you have fun signing with them as a forward or a defenseman and see how you do. Right. Like good luck cracking that lineup, but uh, there are some other teams in the league that, you know what, maybe you're going to get a chance and it it, it is all about what organization you're in. So you do play that year with the devils and score a bunch of goals and you just keep scoring goals. So I did have this down in my notes in my head is that that last year, the OHL is the year you start scoring. Then you go to, sorry, if I get this shit wrong, my bad. Nope. The next year you go to the coast, you score a little bit and you grind it out. Then you score a bunch in the central league. Then you score even more in the coast. Then you're, you're playing with Scott Gomez and he's, he, you think he's the reason why you're scoring so many goals, but it's not Scott Gomez because then the verge comes in and he's dishing it to you too. And whoever else, and then you're scoring just as many again, and you're on your way to the AHL. And then the next year you get 32 goals in the AHL. And then you sign with, so you, then you leave the devils and you go with the Pittsburgh penguins. Go. Yeah. Man, I turned down my first NHL contract was uh, Nashville Predators wanted to sign me. Um, I just I didn't feel it. I was so Nashville was, was Nashville AHL and n- NHL. N- yeah, so Nashville Predators, Milwaukee Admirals. Um, and you're four contract. years into your pro career at this point. Uh, five. Ooh. And you're just getting your first NHL deal. That's why yeah. it's so different nowadays, right? Like That's nowadays, right. if you're not in in the NHL in five years, like you're done. Like that's it. It's over. That's right. So, and I just didn't feel comfortable with it. I, I thought I was worth more, um, obviously with your American league money. So I just didn't want to be lowballed. and he will, I didn't feel comfortable. So I turned it down and my agent at the time was like, don't worry about it. We're fine. We'll be all right. And, uh, Pittsburgh called and I remember sitting, I was with my wife, my cousin, we were at, uh, Boston pizza. And uh, my agent called and he's like, Pittsburgh Penguins, I'm done. <laughs> Just instantly, like, done. Like, I don't even care. Like, they got the two best centermen in the game. And if I could ever get a chance to play with those guys, I'll score goals. And I know I will. I, I'm yeah, just, that's what you do. Just you play with elite players and that's what happens. And you figure out how to play with them and you score. And um, obviously – didn't work out that way towards the end, but um, that was, I heard Pittsburgh Penguins and I was like signed on the dotted line. And it was like, my first NHL contract was with them. And it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine, man, especially after grinding it out in, uh, well, I guess not Pensacola. You didn't grind it out there, but uh, like San Angelo, which <laughs> your second year of pro like nowadays, if you're second year in pros in San Angelo, chances are you ain't making the show. Um, going no, but you actually like did. So then you get 32 goals with Devils. You sign with Pittsburgh, and I understand the thinking. Like, 
And yeah, and you, they need wingers. They need wingers. That's what they need. They needed wingers guys. back then, right? Like and they were... Yeah, they still do. That's how that's how their system works there. And that's right. Um, but I I'm not sure what my notes really mean here. But um, that you've got 15 games one year and 20 games the other year. So you yeah. basically you went there you must have had a decent camp. Were you close to making the team right out of it? No, 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 not even Bad close. Camp. I was not even close out of camp. Those camps are big deals, eh? Like how you first impression of the first part of the season is like, that's. it was so weird back in the day, right? Like it was all about how ready you where were. You were drafted. First... Yeah, that too. Where you're drafted and that first impression with the coach and if the coach didn't like it, it was, see you later, you're gone. Um, I think I ended up getting one or two exhibition games my first year with them. And um, pretty much in awe all the time. Just you're there with Crosby, Malkin, Stahl, Flurry, Like, you're with all these guys, Gonchar, uh, Ryan Malone, Armstrong, Ryan Whitney, you name it. You're just – you're in awe of everybody, right? Even though they're younger than half of them are younger than you, and you're just like. What's weird to me guys. is I was in awe in the AHL. Like they yeah. took it at least took you to the NHL to feel that. <laughs> so that's the way it was in Pittsburgh. Uh, you go to the minors, and we had an unbelievable team, and we were awesome. We were close group, and man, like we partied hard off the ice. We partied on the ice. We had a great team. Um. We ended up making it to the finals that first year. Actually, we lost to Chicago, which was pretty much a. Is that Darren Haydar and all those? Haydar is it? Is it Haydar and Krog? That line with was it? Was Jeff Campbell with them? No, that was. uh, Who was it? Was uh, man? What's the kid's name? Sterling. Oh yeah, yeah. He was a roller hockey player too. Yeah, a little left-handed shot. Yeah, no, I know him. Colorado College. So, just the, the the team we had there. The thing I liked about the Pittsburgh organization, which I loved about it, was everybody got an opportunity. It didn't matter if you were drafted, a walk-on, or a free agent signing. Every single guy, if you were playing well, you're getting called up. Right? It's Where all about role, how you're playing, and that should make sense because – some yeah. people get drafted when they're 18 and they're really right. good when they're 18. But guess exactly. what, folks? Some people don't improve for the next two years, and some people improve a lot, some people improve a little bit. It yeah. changes things. And like, look at your career. Like you were coming into your own just around like 26, this. 27. Yeah. So it's uh that's what I liked about that organization. They gave everybody a chance and and you knew if somebody got called up, you knew like it was no big deal because they deserved it. When you're in the New Jersey system, you saw people get called up, and you're like, "Why is that guy getting called up?" It makes like no it makes sense. no sense, no sense at all. But and that that good. that that sucks for guys when you're playing in the HL yep. and you're playing well, and then you see some guy that is not playing well get called up. Right. You're like, it hurts. It hurts. Yep. It hurts yep. your heart. It does. Yep. So. Anyways, um, it didn't hurt my heart in Daytona Beach <laughs> when my buddies were getting called up to the A because I didn't want to even go there. I enjoyed Daytona Beach. Um, but you actually played games for the Pittsburgh Penguins with those players. So what was that like? Like you played with Crosby, Malkin, and yep. I, 
Malkin was had his big years then, and yeah, that was, my first year there was uh, a lot of those games were without Sid. Uh, I was fortunate enough that Sid was hurt, <laughs> so I got to get called up a little bit. Um, just those guys are phenomenal. Sid would go one against five in practice and beat every single one of you. Coach would yell at you because he didn't stop him, and it was like you can't stop that guy. The thing was, was like Malkin was just as good, maybe more skilled. But just Sid, just he had it in his gut that he was going to be better than everybody. Um, and he was 21 years old, I think, that first year that I was there. Um, I got to watch a lot. There, uh, there was plenty of games where you get one shift. I bet you uh, how many – that first year I played 15 games. I bet you 10 of them I played three or less shifts. Yeah, no. So yeah, yeah. That, that's just the way it is. But you're happy to be there. You're practicing with them. You're making NHL money, and you, heck, you're in the NHL. So, but it's. It, it. I think the hardest thing, like, I think there's a lot of guys, especially my buddies, that get their cup of coffee, but it's that actual becoming the full timer thing that it's like, the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's easy to get there. There's a saying. It's easy to get there. It's the hardest thing to do is to stay there. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're there and there's, you know, there's 12 other wingers in the American hockey league that are trying to take your job. Yeah. Every year. And from, there's more coming every year from college. Exactly. There's, there were exactly. coming from everywhere, from Finland, yep. from Sweden, from anywhere. Yeah. So, so the next year we go back to Pittsburgh because I was on a two year contract. We go back to Pittsburgh and, uh, didn't even get an exhibition game at a training camp. And I'm like rattled. I'm like, I played 15 games last year. Like how I'm not even getting an exhibition game. That's pretty so I weird. I say this no? to Ray Shiro and Ray Shiro's like, your exhibition games were last year. We've seen you play 15 games. We don't need to see you. We want to watch some of the other kids play. Okay. So, <laughs> so they're basically like, game. we know what you bring to the table. We know what your skill set is. You yeah. are what you are. We'll see you in the minors. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I go to the minor and send a message right away. Like just go on a goal scoring tear. I think I had 10 goals. And so you didn't games. go to Taco Bell. Like when I got sent down to the coast, you I probably did <laughs> probably hit McDonald's on the way from Pittsburgh to Wilkesbury for sure. But Jesus, I, for, as soon as I lost 26 pounds and I thought I was all jacked up and then I had like two points a game in the AHL preseason, I was like, and they're like, you're playing great. You're on the team. You're going to get yeah. a place. And then they're like, well, all these guys got sent down. No, you're not on yeah. the team. You're going down to yeah. Dayton. And I'm like, well, guess where I'm going? Taco Bell, cheesy gordita crunches, folks. <laughs> free ad for cheesy gordita crunches and the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it's hard, though. Like, it really is. Like, when they just make those decisions and they don't make sense, it's it, it's hard for players, right? Yeah, it is. See, I ended up getting called up pretty early and I was up and down quite a bit the rest of the year. And actually I played a lot better that year. I felt more comfortable. You feel like you're gaining confidence. And the next thing you know, trade deadline comes, Ryan Whitney's out, Chris Kunitz comes in and there goes my number. And I was wearing 14 at the time and he takes the number and you get sent to the minors and you're like, well, that's it. <laughs> so. so you're, 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 part of that trade then is he's a left winger and you're a left, he's a left winger. winger yeah and uh, yeah they were making a run for it right new coach came in dan bilesman our minor league uh, guy from the minors came up and he was started coaching and they made that trade and 
Bill Guerin came in at the same time. There was a few trades that year, and it's just they took off. And well, so yeah, yeah. so they uh, did they win it that year? Yeah, we won it that year. So I went back to the minors. Ended up going back up for the playoff run. Uh, so and you had to bag skate every day. Yeah, we had to skate every day. Like just bagger, like Uh, how long an hour? We do a couple skill drills. Honestly, God, we do a couple skill drills. Um, coaches were pretty lenient. They know like what kind of mentality you're in and they take care of you pretty well, but okay. you got to work hard, right? You're like, you're still in the NHL. Like what if someone calls on you? Like you got to be ready to go. So we do a, we do a couple skill drills, a couple flow drills. Uh, we get a little bag skate in and then, um, we play three on three cross ice and man, we had a blast. We had a lot of fun by two o'clock. You're sitting on the patio normally and having a couple beers and, enjoying life playoff hockey and if you're on the road so road trips we were allowed to go on the road with the players um but you weren't really allowed to communicate hang out with the players you had your own little dressing room off to the side when they were done their uh pre-game skate so that's when we got to go on the ice so we'd be going on the ice kind of messed up ice and we'd have about 15 20 minutes to get our school to get our like skate conditioning in and we get our conditioning in, we do a little off-ice workout, and then we go sit at the pool in Carolina and hang out for the day. So doesn't sound that bad, but it, um, it, honestly, it wasn't man, I enjoyed it. It was a great experience, and we got to go watch NHL hockey live. Not so, NHL, so I the guess there, there there's still a couple questions here. So that's when Pittsburgh wins it, and that's against Carolina. Is who wins who did no. they beat? We beat Carolina in the semifinals, and then we went on to Detroit. Right. So Detroit, so you us. finally flip it around, and then you, yeah. yeah. Detroit beat us the one the first year that I was there, and then. Uh, so we were we Black were. Ace both years. No, because we we were still playing. We played longer than them in the minors that year. So, so you we were, were good, in, uh, but you didn't win it. Yeah, we lost to Chicago in the finals. That sucks. The first year there, so. Oh, um, right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Haydar and. Yeah. Hate okay. our crog and all those guys. Yep. Yeah. Those Stacks. pricks. Yep. So, uh, but you did get to carry around the Stanley cup. So, Hey, hold on. Cheers, buddy. This is the closest the pod has ever got to really winning a Stanley cup. So cheers. Cheers. You need, uh, you need to get somebody else on here. Then. Someone that's actually won it. Well, eventually we'll get there. Right. Like we, you just added 40 NHL games. Um, I'm just having, my friends on and locals and whatever. Uh, you've had lots of guys. You've had lots of guys. Foster and uh well he played one game. Oh yeah. Sp- but he's my Spilo. Well he's my called Foster's my college roommate. Spilo oh, played on. roller hockey with me. These guys all I know like so we're all I, pl- I played with, I played with Spilo when it was the Niddle when he was Niddle. You were you played with him as a Niddle too? Yeah in Albany. So my year in Albany he was Niddle. Oh dear. And then, we, um, and he, then was nettle, he was nettle I when Germany I grew up. He's with a Spilo, and I'm like, Who's Spilo? And they're like, This guy's unreal. And you get out there and watch him, and he scores every shift and he dominates every hockey game. You're like, This is not the same guy. And he's 6'4, six, 6'5, six, yeah. and 250, like just a beast. And running the half wall, just snapping yeah. pucks. Yeah. Just six sauce. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. It was a strange uh, bell curve on that fella, you'd say. <laughs> Right. Um, 
So, okay. We haven't even got to Germany yet, even though you can't talk German. Um, you did play with Sid and Malkin. I think we talked about that. Um, I do actually, on my notes here, want to know about your first time playing your first NHL game because as a little boy from Elmira that never got to do it, I kind of like to hear about it from everybody else. I, I, I remember my uh, the first call-up. We were in Hershey, and we get to the game, actually pre-game nap, and I get a couple uh, text messages and phone calls from some of the guys that are already called up in Pittsburgh and are like, you're getting called up. I'm like, no, I'm not. Shut your mouth. You know, like there's no way this is happening. They're like, no, your name bar is up in the dressing room already. Like, you're playing tomorrow. I'm like, oh, this shit. is from the guys on the team, and you don't even yep. know yet. Yep. Like, I haven't even found out yet. So we get to, so I kind of have an idea, and I'm like, obviously, I don't have a pregame nap because I'm all wound up. And I uh, get to the rink for the game, and the coach pulls you aside, and he's like, yeah, you're going up. Unbelievable, right? And then he's like, the limo or the the uh, car service will be here at a. 8.30 or something to pick you guys up. There was three of us. And I go, car service? And he goes, well, someone else can go if you don't want to go. And I'm like, well, no, I'm going. Like, I was just, I was just shocked. Like, I thought they'd fly you, right? Um, so anyways, we jump in this car service, and we it was a good five to seven-hour drive from Hershey to Pittsburgh. So, like, we're not talking it was quick. Like, it was a long drive. You're all wound up, and you're on your cell phone the whole time talking – Friends, family, wife, you know, like, you name it. I can't imagine how many people you'd want to tell. Just just so pumped, exhausted. You get there late at night. You wake up in the morning. You go for pregame skate. Yeah, just in awe of everything. Like, barely met anybody. You don't know what to do. You don't know, like, you're allowed to grab a roll of tape or if you're allowed to tie your skates or you're supposed to be the last one on the ice or the first one on the ice. What meeting you're supposed to be in, you don't have a clue. And uh, just – pure excitement the whole time too like you're in the nhl it's it's unbelievable what age are you at this time 27 i think i think i I think i was 27 how many 27 year olds are getting their nhl debut might have been 26 either way but either way like how many people are getting their nhl debut at that age not many so that's it was it was fun it was great it was against the washington capitals so you're Sydney, Sid didn't play that game. He was obviously hurt, but Malcolm was there uh, playing against Ovechkin. So I, I remember taking a run at him at center ice. One of, I think I had seven shifts or something or 10 shifts. Wasn't much, but anyways, I remember trying to run Ovechkin at center ice and it just put me in like dead stop and just knocked the wind out of me. And I just remember like just hurling over, you know how you get the wind knocked out of you, you just bend over and you're like, oh shit, stand up, stand up. This is on TV. Like you got to get to the bench quick and just get to the bench as quick as possible. And just like, don't hit that guy again. Like he yeah. was a beast. He was a man. Like he was running into a brick wall. And I remember seeing him cutting through the middle of the ice and I just went, I got to hit this guy. And nope. Well, you got to try. <laughs> you got to see what yeah. it's like. That's Every, right. It's just so, like your kids nowadays. You got to let them jump off that thing to see that it hurts yeah, before. Uh, it. Yeah, it's like trying to reverse hit Adam Keefe in the UK league. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel good either. Oh, Kiefer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that guy about uh, – I, I, I was pretty aggressive with the reverse hits, and then yeah. I tried one on him. <laughs> she didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I remember that one. Okay, 
Next question. Where were we? Okay. You're, are we in Edmonton yet? We're not even in Edmonton. No, we haven't yet. got to Edmonton yet. No. Okay. So then you do your two years with the Pens and you get 15 games one year, 20 games the other year. You don't, you can't quite like really get your chance with them. And I, I get what that's like. It's kind of like when I was like in Columbus and I never had yep. a chance, but um, then you go to, uh, you, you leave there after two years and you go sign with Edmonton. Um, but now you're like, what, 27 and you're still signing HL, NHL deals. So like, yeah, I was 28 and we were, um, Pittsburgh offered me a contract and there was a young kid coming in named Luca Caputi. I'm not sure if you know that name, but really good friend of mine. Uh, he kind of pretty much lived with my wife and I at the same time. I mean, spend the night there just had a couple too many, but young kid. And he was a rising star for that organization. And he was kind of coming up and play the same role as me. So I kind of knew like they offered me a contract, but weren't willing to go like high end money in the, in the American league. And other teams were offering a little, well, twice as much money to play in the American league. So it was kind of, what do you do? Do you go? Do you stay? Um, so I, when people I, I, want you, people want you. Yeah. So I chose to go. Um, I thought Edmonton was a good choice. Um, it was between them and St. Louis. And I just felt like Edmonton was a good choice. There was a good chance to make a team. They were, they weren't, uh, at the top of the league. Then they were kind of low ball. And, um, there was, I think five spots available and it was seven or eight of us kind of like borderline NHL minor league guys that signed there. So you go to camp there thinking you have a chance to make it and, Try that's a good feeling. And, yeah. Yeah. It, that's kind of the way it felt in the first few days. It was kind of in a roll. You're in a groove. And then uh, you hit a little rut and things don't go the way you want it. And next thing you know, you're in the minors. And But you did good again it. there, right? Like you did good again there. Like, what do you mean? Like you're going to the minors. Like you're going to the AHL and putting up like a point a game and putting up. Well, I, we, I went to the minors and again, I think I had 10 goals in seven first seven games thinking I'm going to get called up, but had a serious concussion. Uh, I sat out half the season, I think major like, serious concussion. I wasn't, things weren't good. Fight um, hit. Uh, hit. Got hit in Lowell one night. Blindside, uh, taking a slap shot. This guy came through with an elbow, caught me on the chin, spun me around. Yeah. Anyways, I funny thing was, is I fought through it, finished that game. Never should have finished that game. Uh, finished that game, played the next one, scored two goals. During that game, I was like dizzier than, than anything on the bench. I wasn't feeling very well. So after that game, I kind of told myself I got to say something to somebody. Said something. Um, Anyway, sat out half the season after that. I don't think I got back till February. It's hard, eh, saying something to someone like. Well, it's just it's what you want to do. You want to play. No, and it's uh, hard. Like I, I, I get it because I was uh, growing up the way that, like with concussions, especially. Um, like, if you're gonna tell people about that, that means yeah. you don't even get to finish the game. Let alone it's, that, you actually don't get, might not even get to play the next game, and somebody might yeah. take your spot. Like you just did it. You just 
did it. You didn't tell anybody about it. You That's just it. did it, right? So, yeah. So uh, I did. I decided. You had a bad one. I was in. I just scored two goals against Albany one night, and I just sitting in my stall after the game, and I could barely even think, and my mind was just. I could barely see, and I just said, "I got to tell somebody before this gets too far." Either so when it when it gets to that point, like I for me, I had the times where you couldn't really see the other side of the arena, like it. where it's like yep. kind of foggy, and yep. you're like, "I don't, I think this is nothing. I think this will work yep. itself out." But like then, when you get the ones worse than that, it's like, "Well, I gotta." I That's can't. what scared me about it is I went through those symptoms that first week of practicing. I'm like, oh, I can fight through this. I can fight through this. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. And then I played that game and score a couple goals and people are tapping you on the head and you're like, please don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. You know? And it was, yeah, it was starting to get a little scary. So I decided to say something, sat out half the year, got back into the lineup. Once I did get back, it was a struggle at first. Obviously, you weren't in game shape. You weren't in any kind of rhythm. And then you finally catch your rhythm. You start scoring some goals. Got called up for five games towards the end of the year with Edmonton. Awesome. Great. Great little trip. We played uh, in Montreal, in Toronto. I'd never played in Toronto before. So that was – I've been big, healthy scratch. That's a big deal. That's a big uh, deal. It was a healthy scratch three times with Pittsburgh, I think, in Toronto. Um, so when I got to play in Toronto with all my family and friends there with Edmonton, it was awesome. Loved it. Then we went, uh, Columbus, Minnesota, then played a game in Edmonton against Detroit, which was my favorite team growing up. So that was like a dream come true. You got Lidstrom and Zetterberg and Datsuk out there. And, um, and you were awesome. playing with Edmonton Amazing. against them. Yeah. So then the next, okay. Cause you still got a lot of shit to do here and we've been going for a while. <laughs> Um, like seriously, like you do, um, is that you got to do all that shit, but then you, it seems like you signed with the actual, your favorite team, the Red Wings organization for two years. So are you chasing to uh, play with those fellas or what are you doing there? Well, that was, that was, that's a tough team to crack there. Big guy. (laughs) It was the reason we went there was we knew we were kind of, uh, with the head injury and everything. We knew we were kind of kind of like our NHL being 30, 29 years old, your NHL dreams are kind of over with. And it was either playing grand rap and sign with Detroit and try and make a dream come true of playing for your favorite team growing up. Or um, uh, my other option was with Washington and Hershey, which was her, always being in Wilkes-Barre. Your rival was uh, Wilkes-Barre or Hershey. So you always knew what kind of a spot that kind of place was. And it was, one of the best places to play in the, in the minors. Right. So you're always like, Oh, should I do it? Should I do it? Anyway, uh, this is July 1st, whatever free agent signing day was, it was, I'm going to sign let's dream come true. Let's go to Detroit. Let's sign there. See what happens. Um, those head injuries didn't really go away. So like the harder you worked out that summer, the worse it got, the worse it got, the worse it got. And, and you, you didn't, didn't know anything really... about it. And you're just a no one sound by yourself. Yeah. And I was, the harder the workouts got, the worse it got. And I actually had to stop working out. Um, I think the second week of August where I just couldn't handle it anymore. Like I'd be coming home from workouts and I just have to lay here. I just, I couldn't go anywhere. Just nervous to even like stand up and walk around. So 
I went to training camp, didn't tell anybody anything. And I went to training camp in Detroit and I walked in about a week before I went to train, like a week before, just because I knew I had to get this out there. So I went and I sat on the trainer's table and I was like, I haven't trained in like probably three weeks, four weeks. And this is what's happened to me. This is my past. And you know what? Awesome care by the Red Wing uh, training staff and the doctor's appointments and the med- the, the it was awesome what they did, all the appointments and everything to try and get things figured out, put me on a path of which way to go and where and how we're supposed to work this. And ended up by, um, by the end of training camp, I was skating on my own. And I, I remember Babcock, he was the coach then in Detroit, and he was sitting up in the stands and he'd be watching just me on the ice, me and like uh, the fitness, the fitness instructor or the fitness coach. <clears throat> and, um, so that makes you nervous. You got the head coach, like he could be elsewhere doing whatever training camp. He's got some free time, but he's up there watching me by myself and um, just kind of train on my own and skate. He ended up talking to me about a couple of days after that. And just kind of, I was, Hey, you're going, you're cleared to play. Everything's looking good. Blah, blah, blah. Love the practice that you had. Loved watching you skate. Like you're big, you're strong, whatever you go to the net, you got a big butt. You, all those things that Babcock always talks about. And so you're excited. You go to the minors and didn't have a great start to the season by any means. I think it took me 15 games to score and it's never happened to me in the American league. And uh, just lost confidence in my game and took a while to get back. But the second half of that season, we, we did pretty well. Um, we didn't make playoffs or anything, but personally did okay towards the second half of that season. Um Good bunch of guys. Awesome city. Great city. Great restaurants. Uh, great place to play. This Grand Rapids. Yep. 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 Grand Rapids. Yeah. Michigan. So that's not far from Western Michigan University right. where I went. But yep. now that we've been here this long, and now you do not get more call ups to the NHL, I'm going to have to move on, even though I've just flipped my notes upside down. Oh, there they are. Chris Menard. Um, is you go two years with them. Um, they don't give you a call up. Um, I wasn't good enough to get a call up. Say that. And okay. your so, head, your head was okay through it. No. So here's the thing is I played that first year with all that shit, with all the, the head symptoms and all that kind of stuff. The second year. Okay. Um, I told them like halfway through the summer, it's happening again. Like my head, like it, it's not good. Like things like are nothing happening. Nothing happened. Like you didn't hit, hit it. No, nothing happened like that. Just, just stuff. Just, just symptoms would pop up out of the blue as the workouts would get harder and harder. Um, didn't make sense. So from there, we went back to training camp, and we get on the bus to go to training camp. And the one thing I have to say bad about Babcock like he looked at me when I got on the bus he goes how you feeling and he knew like I wasn't going to be participating in training camp for the second season and I just said uh, not great like here's the symptoms I'm having he laughed at me okay so this guy laughed at me and I'm having concussion issues and I'm like worried about my life and uh you know like whether I can ever play hockey again and this guy laughed at me totally lost respect for him um 
that from then on, like it was just, I sat out, uh, I think that first half of the season, I don't think I came back until January when I actually went and played a couple games. They were down in Charlotte, ended up doing okay, came back. Once we got done with that head thing, the head issue, you know what the problem was? Sleep apnea. Is that right? So the head issue caused, the, the head drama caused sleep apnea. Okay, so once I got uh, Are you wearing CPAP the mask machine, now? Yeah, so now we wear a mask sleeping. And uh, once we got that, about six, eight weeks into it, we were fine. We were doing full-on things. Like, we were skating full-on. We were working out nonstop. Like, it was like, get back in shape. It was the weirdest thing. Huh. I think so, <laughs> for that guy to laugh at you, uh, that was, that's... Uh, yeah, that's one of those yeah. things that's just hard to get over. I, that's one thing I could never get over. And uh, yeah, no, I understand. That. Just you hear the stories about him from other players that that came out when he got fired from the Leafs, and it's just like totally true, totally true. Yeah, but, yeah, that sucks. A great coach he is. Not not some. I don't know what kind of a person he is. So right, that's uh, when when you're a player, and then there's coaches you don't know what they're really like as people. You don't yeah. know what they're like as an individual. Yeah. Um, are they a good person? Are they a good friend? I, there were a lot of coaches I had over my days where I'm like, were they actually really good people? But anyways, yeah. a lot of people helped me through my time. So here we go. You left Edmonton. I think we got sidetracked with uh, with everything. I think we should keep going because you still have more shit. We haven't even got to Germany yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, we should be in Germany now. We just finished Grand Rapids, Detroit. Yep, there we go. We're into. We're going to the Kolner High. The Kolner High. Kolner High. I call my buddy. This team offers me a contract, and I call my friend Connor James. Was a teammate in Wilkesbury in Pittsburgh. And I said, tell me about this Kohler team. <laughs> and he giggled and he goes, Kohler. I'm like, yeah, this team in Germany, Kohler. <laughs> no clue. So, Kolmahaya, what a city, what a place. Uh, we spent three years there. Just an awesome experience. Uh, my kids were, I had two boys that were fluent in German. Um, just Awesome experience. Loved every second of it. So how old are your kids? I have 11, 9, and I have a 6-year-old daughter. So they our, were four, our daughter, my, my daughter Mila, she was born in Cologne. So just a, so the 11-year-old was the one that was fluent. 11, and both boys were fluent. Both boys were fluent. They were, uh, my 11-year-old, when we were retired, and left Dusseldorf. He was finishing grade one. Um, uh, little guy. And they Nix. learned that shit quick, man. It was unbelievable. We put him in as soon as we got there. Uh, Chase was two. Mannix was six months. And once Chase turned three, we could put him in the daycare system. And the daycare was right kind of behind our house, kind of in our driveway. And uh, we just threw him in there. Like, he just went and played with kids and he didn't understand anything. And um, he picked the language up pretty good, but 
By that well, they're sponges second, at that age. Yeah, they? by the second, third year of being in Germany, he was speaking fluent and he was speaking German with all the other kids. And um, even my my younger boy, the middle child, Mannix, he, by the time we left Germany, I couldn't believe him speaking to German kids the way he was. And I was like, I didn't know you could do that. Like, it was just awesome. And it's gone now? It's gone? Uh, Yeah, gone um we'll spit it out once in a while around the house we'll say a couple words here and there but um for them to just go out and speak german like that yeah they would no i i think it's uh hilarious what uh kids can do like i saw it with the goalie on my team his kids came over and picked up german within weeks and i was like i've been trying for four years and you're five years old like really like you you already know what that means and they just get it. Um, pretty cool stuff. Like when you you understand why certain people in the world under like know six languages, right? That's right. Yeah. They <laughs> um, say once once you know two, you can you can get more, right? So something like that. More, so. Okay. So you go to uh, you go to Germany. You, I it un, it makes sense. I'm not going to ask you about the decision to go to. Europe because it finally it makes sense you're like almost 30 years old um, I made that decision earlier but then you go to the Kölner you had a great time but then you go to Dusseldorf which is an incredible city and um, he's never come up on the pod yet but uh, Rob Collins Rob was, Collins he was my favorite player as a child as a so, as a, no, so as a like a kid in grade six to grade eight, he yeah. played for the Elmira Sugar yeah. Kings and he set the scoring record or whatever yeah. he did. And I yeah. watched him do it, and he was the guy I wanted to be. He was number 23, and Brandon Dietrich was number 10. That's and, right. And I wanted both of those numbers, and that's what I wore like growing up was because of those two donkeys that yep. uh, that should come on the pod and discuss this. They should. And that I played against them, their junior B years. And is uh, that right? That's the only reason I knew Rob was playing against them. And the funny thing, we were in Cologne and they brought him in my second year in Cologne. I believe they brought him in for the playoff stretch. He went to and, Cologne. I thought he was a yeah. Dusseldorf guy. He was. Then I think he was playing for. Uh, he went home and was playing for the Brantford Smoke or the Brantford, uh, the Brampton Beast in the East Coast. That's, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. and then he uh, we brought him over. Um, That's right. Then Cologne. he has a good playoff drive, and he then had all a of great a sudden, playoff. Then all great of a sudden, playoff. he's in. He's in the DL for another three years. Yeah, so we had a great playoff. We made it to the finals, and we get to game six. We score in overtime in game six to force a game seven, okay, in the semifinals, okay. Uh, Sorry, the finals. This is the finals. Game six of the finals, we score in overtime. There's a bit of a scrum after we score the goal, and here comes a Rob Collins spear, okay. So down this guy goes. Melee ensues. We got a line brawl out on the ice. Game six, overtime. Game seven is like two days later. Rob Collins suspended. No. So there's our number. 
for there's the, our number one centerman. Rob gone. Collins is, is suspended for game seven of the finals. Game seven of the finals. Okay. He used to do that dirty shit back at Elmira. What a guy. Couldn't believe he did that to our team. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He was sticking up for our teammates and he was doing, he did a great job for us, but we surely missed him in game seven as it was a one, nothing hockey game. We're playing the worst game of our life. We're just destroyed mentally because we lost our number one center. And uh, we ended up losing two, one in the, yeah. So ended up losing the finals two one, but he goes to Dusseldorf the next year back to Dusseldorf for the second running, I believe. And then the year after that, he drags me there with him and uh, spent two more years with him. And well, I can awesome. see you two uh, playing well together because he's, he's, he's a disher. So, so we did that first year. And then w- when we went to Dusseldorf, he, uh, he had connections with the Kreutzers. I don't know if you would know the Kreutzers from over there. So Christoph was our coach and Daniel was our, was our captain. And he, Rob was uh, good buddies with uh, the captain, Daniel, and they were line mates for a long, long time. So when they were back there, they continued to play together. And when I tried to, when they put me with them, it didn't really gel that well. So then I kind of got buffled down the lineup and then things just kind of went for a shit from there. But great experience, love life in Germany. It uh, maybe played a year or two too long. Uh, performance wise but um that's life and that's the way it goes and just enjoyed it made some great friends over there and loved life over there it was awesome oh dude i i getting to live in dusseldorf like how can you say you you played too long like they were willing to pay you to live in dusseldorf (laughs) and do what you gotta do what you get to do to play hockey and you get to live in Dusseldorf and hang out with Collins and Stacy and you know, the family and like that can't be that bad of a thing. You know, it was, it was probably two of our best years of, of, uh, of pro hockey was we knew it was settling down to those two years. And, um, we made great friends. There was, there was Rob and Stacy Collins. There was the Conboys. There was Norton Millie and his wife. And we're talking just great people. And we all lived within 400 meters of each other. Well, we had a blast. Yeah, I went good. to Dusseldorf once to uh, visit a buddy that played for the Dusseldorf, whatever the hell they're called. Yeah, they don't even um, have a name. It's just the, the day gay, like Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf, that's it. Yeah, whatever there. Um, so you did make the decision, which by the way, a great city, whether you have a mascot or whatever, it's a great city. It's a great spot to visit. Like it really is like Dusseldorf. You got to live there for like a couple of years. That's pretty cool. Um, but you live in Owen sound now, but not Dusseldorf. You live in Owen sound. So that's why this podcast is so real is you had to make that decision. Do I want to live in Dusseldorf? Do I want to go back to Owen Sound? You made the decision. You're you're heading home, right? It was – I think we knew the hockey career was over. It was uh, – we always came back to Owen Sound in the summer times, and we spent our time here with our family, and we brought the kids home. Uh, we had a house here. 
there was no question that this is where we were coming. Um, it was just obviously a little uh, disappointing that, you know, the career comes to an end and you got to find something else to do. So um, we enjoyed every year we ever played hockey and we had a lot of fun. We made a lot, a lot of friends and um, Owen Town's a great city. It's a great place to grow up. Um, we both grew up here, so we both knew we were coming back here to our family and continue. And um, now it's trying to help the community and um, trying to help the hockey community and um, go from there. Well, and that's what brings up today's sponsor, folks, is uh, Men Pro Elite Training. Is anybody can uh, get training and uh whatever they need in the Owen sound area, um, whether it's, uh, on ice, off ice, um, Chris is ready to do this for you. So, um, thank you for helping out the kids this weekend and no uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. I know it is the first Leafs game of the playoffs. Are you like a Leafs fan? Cause I'm not. Kind of was never a Leafs fan until we moved home. Now we've kind of grown into the Leafs fan. I've lost, lost hold of the Red Wings and then you don't really want to cheer for the Red Wings or anything. Well, you know, I, so. I, and I, I was always a Leaf fan, but then they didn't sign me when they brought me <laughs> out and everything. So then I kind of wasn't a Leaf fan. So it's kind of hard, but like, I guess I am. So, yeah. Know. Yeah, no, but like, seriously, it was great getting to know you. Um, I know the kids want you to watch in the game with them. And uh, like, it, it, it's nice to hear about like a guy from Owen Sound that made it somewhat kind of like, you know, <laughs> well, you, like you did make That's it. That's exactly you, it. Somewhat kind of. That's exactly how I tell it. Right. Like you did. Yeah. Yeah. Like you made it, you did play. Yeah. Right. Like I didn't yeah. get that far. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even come close to that far. I, I gave up like after the first year, I went to Germany. <laughs> I was like, sorry, <laughs> this is way more fun. Yeah. So no, but, th- Love but it. thanks for having me. And uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you very much, man. And like, I, it is very impressive. The career you put together and, um, Thank you to your parents for uh, being hockey people for all these years and everything they've done. And uh, I, I, I can't, I can't imagine doing that. Um, so they must be hockey people too. And well done yeah. for them. Right. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Hey, all thank right, you. Cheers. Thank you so much. No problem. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott. I'm a 